Hello and welcome to the Today Not Tomorrow podcast. My name is Oscar Isaacson and this podcast is brought to you by CrossFit TNT. Today is Monday. I hope you had a nice relaxing weekend. We have a holiday schedule coming up this week. Tomorrow on the 24th, we've got one class at 9 a.m. We're going to do the 12 days of Christmas workout. It's a great workout. It's the same one we've done for the last two years. And then on the 25th, we are close altogether. All the other days, uh, classes as usual. Today, we're going to do a little different podcast. We're going to look at a couple of studies that I've seen the last uh, week or so that I thought were interesting. And I'm just going to recap a few of them for you to give you some uh, nuggets of information. This first study relates to a common question I get about spot reduction. Someone might say, hey, on the back of my arm, I want to lose some weight right here. Or they'll uh, point to their uh, midsection and say, this right here, this is where I need to lose the weight, everything else, um, that's not the problem. This is a super common question and it's a common problem. And this study looks at uh, a couple people, 24 people between the age of 18 and 40. One group was put into a exercise program. The other group was just a control group. They didn't do anything. The group that performed the exercise program, they did seven different abdominal exercises for two sets of 10 reps. So seven exercises, two sets, 10 reps. They did a lot of repetitions and they did this five days a week for six weeks. So five days a week, six weeks, a ton of ab work. This is from the conclusion of the study. So six weeks of abdominal exercise training alone was not sufficient to reduce abdominal sub subcutaneous fat and other measures of body competition. So they measured the amount of fat they had on their stomach for the group that did a bunch of ab exercises for a couple of weeks and the group that did not. And they did not see a difference between the groups. They even... Uh, made sure that the group maintained their same calories. So the group that was working out, the group that wasn't working out, they were eating the same, they didn't change anything. The only change was the exercise and they could not see any difference on the fat levels. The group that did all the ab exercises ended up being significantly stronger at the end of it. So it wasn't like it was complete waste of time for the ab group. They still got a lot stronger, which is gonna help benefit them as well. But this is a common question that I get all the time and there's two major factors you can affect when it comes to what you see in the mirror. Usually people want to lose a little bit of weight. They want to look leaner. They want to be healthier. And there's two things you can do for your muscles and your fat. With your muscles, you can make them smaller and you can make them larger. With your fat mass, there's two things you can do. You can have less of it and you can have more of it. 99.9% .9 of everyone's uh, fitness goal is going to fall in line with you increasing muscle and then decreasing fat mass. That doesn't mean that you try to be a competitive bodybuilder or something. That is just something that's going to be beneficial for most people's goal if you just want to look better and feel better. With the spot reduction, the most important thing that you can do to lose fat is to control your diet. Controlling your diet is way more effective than you having to create that deficit through working out. That requires a ton more hard work. So if you're looking to... Um, improve your weight to look different the eating part just as important as the lifting part the lifting part part is insurance for you to stay healthy to be healthy to be strong that's the benefit of exercise if you want abs then diet is uh, the bigger factor a different study i saw this week that was pretty interesting it's from 2019 so it's a brand new study and it is called 
the influence of powerlifting on pain frequency in the musculoskeletal system. Lower back pain, it's a super common problem. It's a common problem for people that go to the gym, that don't go to the gym. Uh, you've experienced that at some point, and you know someone else that have experienced this at uh, a different time, and that is low back pain. So what can you do to limit low back pain and make sure you maintain uh, a healthy back as much as possible? In this study, they followed 185 powerlifters. That, that's people that compete in bench press, squat, and deadlift. They also followed 193 people that didn't work out at all. What they did is they sent out questionnaires to these people. They kept tabs on how they're feeling, how they're doing. They also brought them into the gym to do some simple testing with them as well. And they had some neat results on the study. At first glance, uh, most people are probably going to have a preconceived idea of uh, which group is, is going to experience more or less pain of this. Is it the 185 power lifters or is it the 193 people that sit on the couch? I'm going to briefly recap uh, the results of the study and the researchers write, people who train experience pain in lower spine less often. There were also significant differences in the number of people experiencing pain when walking on a flat surface, lifting items from the floor, and moving the objects above the eye level between the study and the control group. So the people that regularly did powerlifting, that squat, bench, deadlift, compared to the people that just sat in the couch all the time, the powerlifters experienced less pain. Both walking, lifting stuff, putting stuff overhead, they were in better shape overall. You might have heard someone saying like, oh, deadlifting, that's not good for your back, or squatting, that's not good for your back. There's a lot of people that say this, and sure, um, those are movements that you need to be very careful with. You need to have good technique. You need to know what you're doing. But there's one thing that's uh, even more injurious than lifting weights, and that is sitting on the couch. So over Christmas, if you're having a debate with a cousin or an uh, aunt or uncle, uh, fill them in on this podcast, forward it to them. When they say, oh, you shouldn't be doing that, that's way too dangerous, you need to lay low, then you need to say that, no, it is not dangerous. I know what I'm doing. This is good for me. It's going to keep me stronger and keep me healthy. Another study that I thought was pretty interesting was a meta-analysis of the effectiveness of exercise intervention to prevent sports injuries. Now, meta-analyses, that is when you take a bunch of different studies. In this case, they've grouped together uh, 25 trials, and in those 25, 25 trials, there's over 26,000 participants included. So this is a huge overview on a bunch of articles. So if you ever see meta-analysis uh, in a paper somewhere, that's what that means. The researchers looked at if a strength training program would decrease the risk of sport-related injuries. So sport-related injuries, that would be you uh, having something catastrophic happening on the field, like you get uh, tackled and you mess up a knee, or something happens to your shoulder when you're um, smashing a tennis ball. It's a injury-related. Uh, that's an injury that happens on the sport uh, field, both Acute stuff that happens, like I just listed, but it could also be overuse injuries, like a, a shoulder getting a little tweak from doing a lot of repetitions. And what this meta-analysis showed was that they had greatly decreased injuries for the groups that did strength training as well. So adding in strength training on top of your sports activities 
help decrease both the acute injuries and the overuse injuries. One neat part about this study is that they looked at stretching alone. Does stretching alone decrease the risk of sport injuries? And it did not decrease the risk of uh, sport injuries. So stretching alone um, to help prevent anything bad that might happen from playing a sport, that does not cover you. That does not do everything that you needed to do. But if you do lifting and stretch and play a sport, you are in a much better spot. Stretching is awesome. I'm a big fan of stretching, but stretching just kind of temporarily changes how your body moves. You then need uh, lifting. You need practice. You need to do the actual movements to make sure that you cement. You click save on that document you just saved, and that's going to help you move better, feel better, and limit injuries. So a quick recap over the three studies. Power lifters have less lower back pain that people just sit on the couch all day. Uh, people that do a ton of ab exercises but don't change their diet doesn't see any more uh, fat loss from the midsection. And if you're going to play a sport, if you're going to be active, then strength training alone, strength training plus stretching uh, is going to help to uh, prevent some injuries. Stretching alone is not going to do that. Another great question I got this week, uh, this is not a study, uh, it was about the Game Changers. Game Changers, it's a documentary on Netflix. I have not seen this documentary, but I'm just going to give a couple of uh, brief statements on um, being vegan about uh, nutrition documentaries in general. First off, I just want to say I don't believe being a vegan is a optimal diet. Now, optimal isn't necessary. It's not always something that you have to try and chase and try and do. If you want to be vegan, if you want to be vegetarian, if you want to do intermittent fasting, if you want to do low-carb, high-fat, these are all great options. There's many, many diets that work. Whenever you pay attention to what you're eating and what you're doing, that's when you tend to see results. So if you want to be vegan, if that's something you believe in, you want to try, then go for it. Most people would probably be healthier if they ate more plant food and paid attention to what they ate. I'm sure there's plenty of athletes that perform great on a vegan diet. Uh, however, I have a little bit of an issue. Like I said, I haven't seen the documentary, but I've, uh, I've heard a few uh, quotes from it. And when you equate eating meat to uh, being harmful for you or uh, creating cancer, then you are uh, not being 100% truthful. In a lot of studies, when you see some negative correlation between people that eat meat and don't eat meat, that's when you lump in all the meat eaters together. That's when you lump in a grass-fed steak with McDonald's. That's when you lump in chicken nuggets with wild-caught salmon. If you look at the meat source, if you look at the meat and the meal that it's a part of, then meat could and should be a part of a very healthy diet. Um, you can't put pizza, burgers, uh, hot dogs in the same category as uh, salmon, steak, chicken, if you have that as a complete meal with some uh, vegetables, with some fat, with a full um, spectrum of nutrition. In general, I've tried to watch a few documentaries on Netflix that were uh, fitness and food related, and usually I can make it about two to three minutes until I feel like uh, 
I've had enough and I can't watch it anymore. So in general, I haven't seen any great content coming from Netflix when it deals with uh, nutrition and documentary. So I just want to uh, let you know that in general, uh, put up a little flag, be a little bit skeptical. I'm sure there's some great information in there. Overall, meat is good for you. Make sure that it's a uh, uh, whole foods, it's unprocessed. Uh, there's difference between meat and different meat like I just explained. I'm sure there's tons of athletes, uh, people that are super healthy and that are vegans. And if you do it for ethical reasons, if you do it for environmental reasons or anything else like that, then I'm all for it. Go for it. If that's something you want to try, then give it a go. The quote of the week is, when I let go of who I am, I become what I might be. Let's say the alarm goes off, it's 5.30, you're supposed to be at the gym at 6 a.m. because you have goals to achieve, you have fitness to work on, it's something that you plan on doing, you wanna do, but right now in that moment, you're tired, it's dark out, it's cold, and you're thinking about skipping the gym. That's when it's a coin toss. Maybe you go to the gym, maybe you don't go to the gym, just depends on your whim then and there. You gotta have to use your willpower to make it happen. This is a time where it's helpful to kind of change the language that you use. If there's something you wanna change uh, with yourself, with something that you do, something with your habits, you need to tell yourself um, a different story. You need to tell yourself something like, I am the person that always gets up at 5.30 a.m. That's what I do. You need to tell yourself, I am the person that works out every morning, five days a week. You need to create a, a super solid statement that you tell yourself over and over again. Instead of waking up at 5.30, now instead of having to make the decision of, oh, do I go to the gym? Do I not go to the gym? If you've tricked yourself in the past, if you've been telling yourself, I am a person that goes to the gym every day, Monday through Friday at 5.30 a.m. and work out at 6 a.m. If you tell yourself that is who you are, then when you wake up and you get used to that, you don't have to use your willpower. You don't have to make the decision. The decision is always made for you because you are someone that always gets up at 5.30. That's what you do. Same thing applies if you're going out to eat, let's say that bread basket rolls up in front of you and someone asks you, hey, do you want a couple of rolls? These are really good. If you have to make the decision of, do I have a few rolls? Do I not have a few rolls? Am I going to be strict today? Am I not going to be strict for the day? The decision could already be made for you. Let's say you're someone that always says, I'm a person that never touches a roll at dinner. That decision is already made for you. It ends up being easier to pass it along and forget about it. Try and some, find something that you do throughout the day where you tell yourself uh, something negative, something that doesn't align with your goals. Maybe it's that you're not athletic, that you're not a morning person, that you're not good at working out. Try and change that narrative. Try and tell yourself that this is what I do and then see if that can trickle into your habits to make that decision before you have to use your willpower and when you might break down. 